In March 2003, the United States led an international coalition to invade the country of Iraq. Supposedly, this was because they had proof that Saddam Hussein had weapons of mass destruction, or WMDs, while others thought that it was simply a retaliation against some Muslims, any Muslims really, for the attacks in New York City on September 11, 2001. But what if the real reason they were there was because Saddam Hussein had access to alien technology, specifically to a Stargate, which allows instant teleportation between Earth and other places in the stars? You leave the world behind and enter a large chamber filled with boxes and crates as far as the eye can see. Welcome to The Conspiracy Clearinghouse. The podcast that takes a rather skeptical look at conspiracies and mysteries. Each episode will examine various conspiracy theories, most of which are not true, a few of which might be a little bit true, and even a couple that turned out, in fact, to be true. There are many boxes in The Clearinghouse, and along the way, we'll look at some mysteries and hoaxes as well. We dare to look behind the curtain that's behind the curtain. I'm your host, Derek DeWitt. Welcome to the Conspiracy Clearinghouse. Saddam's Stargate and Task Force 20. So, here's the theory in a nutshell. The 2008 invasion of Iraq by U.S.-led forces was actually to find and either confiscate or close a Stargate that had been placed there by the ancient gods of Sumeria, who are actually aliens called the Anunnaki. The Anunnaki were planning to come through to Earth with the help of Saddam Hussein, who was a, quote, self-styled reincarnation of Nebuchadnezzar. So this pretty much comes from the mind of a man named Dr. Michael Sala. He's an Australian. Michael Sala got his MA in philosophy from the University of Melbourne and a PhD in government from the University of Queensland. Uh, He wrote a paper titled Exopolitical Perspectives on the Preemptive War Against Iraq. Stargates linked directly to Iraq War, which he put on his Exopolitics website. Dr. Saleh claims to be a pioneer of Exopolitics. This is the study of, quote, the key actors, institutions, and processes associated with extraterrestrial life. So he's got exopolitics.org. He's got a website for the Exopolitics Institute. He has the Exopolitics Journal, and he also hosts ExoNews TV. This is certainly his thing. And his whole bent, basically, is that a good deal of, if not almost all, of the 20th century can be explained in the context of governments around the world know that there are aliens and are dealing with them in some way, shape, or form. So the ancient Sumerian gods, known as the Anunnaki, which basically means that they're the offspring of the sky god An and the mother goddess of Ki, Anunnaki, they were actually extraterrestrials who lived here on Earth and then left about the year 1700 BCE when they returned to Nibiru. Nibiru is sometimes known as Planet X or the mythical 10th planet, 
out past Pluto. Now, if you're looking at Sumerian and later Babylonian, Assyrian, and Akkadian cosmology, it was sometimes known as the 12th planet because the sun and the moon are counted as planets. This is, of course, ignoring the fact that the outer planets such as Neptune and Uranus and Pluto, which is not even a planet anymore, were not discovered until fairly recently. Sal is not the only person to have this theory. Uh, This whole theory actually comes from uh, a number of writers, including a guy named Zakaria Sitchin, who was born in uh, Baku, Azerbaijan, and then raised in Palestine. So Sitchin says, The Anunnaki first came to Earth 450,000 years ago, uh, looking for gold and other minerals, but especially gold. And in many ways, they were just kind of workers. Most of the aliens were workers. And there was a lot here to mine. So, to make things easier on themselves, they bioengineered Homo sapiens by mixing alien DNA with a native species, which we call Homo erectus, to create a smarter, more flexible worker. These workers were essentially slaves for a very, very long time. And then there was a group of about 200 aliens who rebelled against their bosses. And these rebels freed the humans and created early civilization on Earth. A nuclear war broke out. Uh, This is sometimes referred to as the evil wind that destroyed the city of Ur. And Sitchin says the Anunnaki are actually mentioned in the Bible in Genesis 6, where they're called the Nelephim, which either means giants or sons of gods, or maybe it means fallen angels. So anyway... Mixing in with Dr. Salah's ideas, Saddam Hussein was getting help from the United States, Russia, Germany, and France to excavate all this stuff in central Iraq and reverse engineer it. Iraq has an astonishing number of ancient sites and is very probably where the first civilizations arose. Salah says the technology that is hanging around from the Anunnaki in Iraq is even more advanced than the technology that we got from the greys of Zeta, particularly, which is all currently being housed in Area 51. So that's a nice tie-in, is that there are a lot of different groups of aliens. One of these artifacts is a Stargate. Now, a Stargate is an Einstein-Rosen bridge that allows for instantaneous travel over galactic distances. You may know the term Stargate. Maybe you thought that that was just created by the filmmaker Roland Emmerich for his military science fiction film Stargate, which he released in 1994. And then it turned into a quite successful TV show, which then had a couple of spinoffs, and then those spinoffs had their own films. So it became a, a whole thing for him. So you thought this was just science fiction, adventure, military stuff, but you were wrong. It's actually based on fact. Emmerich actually admits that he used some of the ideas of Sitchin when writing his script. Now, just to clarify, we don't want to go mixing up our conspiracy theories. When we're talking about Stargates, we're not talking about the CIA remote viewing experiments, which were codenamed the Stargate Project. That's a different podcast. So anyway, Saddam Hussein had finally found this Stargate after looking for it for a very long time, and he was preparing to use it to allow the Anunnaki to return to Earth, and then either they were going to create a new out-of-this-world order, and he was going to be the human representative, or maybe to usher in an age of peace, and he would be basically the world leader. So either Saddam Hussein was going to leverage his connection with the Anunnaki to become either the ultimate dictator or the savior of mankind. Needle in a haystack. Now, according to Sala, there were possibly four main 
locations for this stargate. One of them was in an ancient crypt underneath the Dur Kuragazlu Ziggurat, which is about 30 kilometers west of Baghdad. The second location is either inside or underside what's known as the Dark Ziggurat of Enzu, which is in the Little Zav Valley, which is between Baghdad and Mosul. Local legend that's been there for a very long time uh, said that back in 3000 BC, a Sumerian sorcerer named Gimil Ishbi lived in that area. So that's one of the possible locations. A third location possibility is the fortress of Kalat-i-Jalundi, which is up near the Zarzi Caves in Iraqi Kurdistan. And a fourth location is a supposed secret under- underground base that Saddam Hussein had at Al-Alja, which is just south of Tikrit. The story there goes, a UFO crashed in Iraq in December 1988, and the aliens survived and were given shelter in this area by Saddam Hussein. So, as a way of saying thank you, they built him this secret base. Or, some say, were the aliens actually trying to find the Stargate, and they landed on purpose? There's also a story of a an alien spacecraft being shot down accidentally by uh, an American F-16 in 1991 during the first Gulf War. And maybe those are the aliens who built this secret base. If that's true, that would be why they were on Hussein's side, because the Americans are the ones who shot them down. Salah also thought it could have been a ziggurat in the ancient city of Ur, which is now called Nasira, which is the fourth largest city in Iraq, and it's about 360 kilometers southeast of Baghdad. Supposedly, the Nazis had tried to find this Stargate all the way back in World War II after pro-German Iraqis staged a coup in May of 1941 and then allied themselves with the Axis, supplying oil and other things to the Axis powers, and that they had excavated at a place called Uruk in southern Iraq just before the war. Uh, There's also another idea that possibly the Stargate was actually just inside of one of Hussein's palaces located inside the Green Zone. One thing is known is that some time in the 1980s, uh, Saddam Hussein paid for some very expensive restoration work on the ruins of the city of Babylon, uh, spent an estimated half a billion dollars, $500 million to restore this site. Anyway, wherever it is, somehow Saddam Hussein got this Stargate working. This precipitated the first Gulf War. Now, we all think it's because Iraq went into Kuwait and Kuwait asked the Americans and the UN for help, and that's where the first Gulf War kicked off. And Iraq did go into Kuwait, but the question is, why did they go in there? Were they looking for something to help them navigate or operate the Stargate? Were they looking for parts? Seize the gate. At any rate, the first Gulf War, 1991, was it? Didn't really do much. Saddam Hussein remained in power, We didn't go into Baghdad, and the Stargate remained undiscovered by people outside of Iraq. Now, the 2008 U.S. invasion of Iraq occurred under pretty flimsy pretexts, right? The idea was there was something known as the dodgy dossier that claimed that there was proof that Saddam Hussein had WMDs and we had to get them. Now, the U.S. created a temporary combat force called Task Force 20 way back in 1946, just after World War II, uh, which operated as the battle force for the Navy's second fleet in post-World War II Atlantic areas. They also trained naval units for the 6th Fleet in the uh, Mediterranean as well as the East Atlantic and for the 5th Fleet in the Arabian Gulf and the Indian Ocean. 
Carrier Group 4, which is the battle group for the USS Independence, joined Task Force 20 as Task Group 20.5 during the 1983 invasion of Granada. And supposedly, Task Force 20 was then disestablished, which is a great military term, on October 1st, 2012, after there were some reorganizations within the Second Fleet uh, in September 2012. And then all of its duties were transferred to Task Force 80. So technically, Task Force 20 was a Navy task force, but members from every branch of the military came in and mixed up, mixed in there. It was basically for real experts. They're disestablished in 2012, so during the Second Gulf War, which starts in 2003, they had become part of JSOC activities, and they had been secretly based in Saudi Arabia during the 2001 invasion of Afghanistan, and they were assigned to the sectors in western Iraq. Some military leaders wanted to use them to distract the Iraqis from actual military objectives with a series of actions designed to sort of draw them away from what the Americans were actually doing. Others wanted them to only go after WMD sites or suspected WMD sites and uh, what are known as HVTs, high-value targets. Uh, We do know that Task Force 20 was part of the initial infiltration that took place before the actual invasion. They ended up being tasked with seizing airfields and capturing HVTs. Uh, One airfield they seized was the H-3 airbase in western Iraq. And there was a component of Task Force 20, SEAL Team 6, who were part of the operation to rescue PFC Jessica Lynch. Remember that story. They also did things like capture a bunch more airfields. They captured a dam. uh, They conducted ambushes. They raided suspected WMD sites. They hunted down plenty of HVTs, including Saddam Hussein's sons, Uday and Kusay, who were both killed in a raid in Mosul on July 22, 2003. So Task Force 20 was certainly a real thing. Now, we now know that there were no WMDs ever found because there weren't any. Or were there? Could they really have been looking for the Stargate? Was their task actually to find this Stargate and either close it or destroy it before Saddam Hussein could use it and bring the Anunnaki back to Earth. They looked all over the country. This is the theory. They looked all over the country. They couldn't find it, so they decided actually the fastest way to find it would be to find him and squeeze the information out of him. But he was a little too wily. He basically changed locations every three or four hours. So while they were hunting for him, they did all these other things, airfields and dams and so on. There's a Twitter account called Victory of the Light that actually thought that they were split. TF-20 was split into two teams, the Draco team and the Stargate team. The Draco team is the ones that did all the publicly known stuff, while the Stargate team, that's what it was called, did all the secret looking for the alien Stargate stuff. Chelsea Manning, a former U.S. Army soldier and now transgender activist, uh, was court-martialed in 2013 for espionage after she released documents that would become known as the Iraq War Logs, which was a collection of about 750,000 documents. She gave them to WikiLeaks. Some of them were classified, not all, but some. In those documents, there are five references to the word Stargate. However, if you read the documents, they are not references to a big round alien teleportation device, but they are part of this Stargate team. Remember, TF-20 supposedly was split into Draco team and Stargate team. So two response teams, Stargate 13 and Stargate 24, are referenced in these five documents. 
There are actually five incident reports, and honestly, they're pretty routine. But just the fact that they were called Stargate caught a lot of conspiracy theory or size, and so they thought it must be connected. Rumors circulated among the Iraqi populace that Saddam Hussein was actually working with the Americans the whole time, and the reason they couldn't find him is they weren't looking for him because he was in a CIA safe house. Others thought he would have been working with the Israelis the whole time and was happily hanging out in Tel Aviv. In December 2003, Operation Red Dawn was initiated in Ad-Daur, near Tikrit, where Saddam Hussein was found and captured in a spider hole. Now, this was not TF-20 that did this, but this was Task Force 121 and members of the 4th Infantry who did this. Remember that this area is one of the supposed possible locations for the Stargate. At any rate, they got Saddam Hussein, but they never found the Stargate. Of course, in the subsequent collapse of Iraq and the chaos that followed afterwards that gave rise to the Islamic State. So, oops. Not, not just, not a, just stargate. a stargate. One thing we know is that thousands of antiquities were looted from the Iraq Museum uh, shortly after the 2003 invasion. 13,864 items, to be specific, were removed from the museum in three separate raids. One of the raids was done by professionals. One was probably done with the collusion of an employee who worked at the museum. And the third one was basically the Iraqi military, when they retreated from the area, just left the door open. It amounts to the greatest museum theft in all of history. At one point on the same day, there were between 300 and 400 looters all wandering around just grabbing things. Obviously, the goal here is to take valuable rare items, sell them on the black market for big, big money. But adherents to the alien Stargate theory maintain that this is actually a smokescreen for the real work which is that U.S. military and undercover agents were looking specifically for ancient alien technology. Some think the proof that alien technology is in our world can be seen by, for example, just the advance in computers in the past couple of decades. We went from dial-up to 5G pretty quickly, these people say, and technological advances seem to be coming faster and faster these days with things like communications, computing power, aviation, way faster than in the past. How is this possible? Have human beings suddenly just become smarter? No, it's because they're managing to back-engineer alien technology. Okay, back to the second Iraq war. So Iraqi civilians, there are always rumors. People don't know what's going on. There's a hole in their knowledge. They fill it in. Iraqi civilians who saw American soldiers around during the Iraq war or the second Iraq war had a lot of things to talk about. Uh, they noticed the Americans were wearing these weird wraparound sunglasses. The rumor was that it gave them x-ray vision and or that it allowed them to look at women's naked bodies under their clothes. There are rumors that every soldier had a map inside their helmet lining that showed the location of every single house in Iraq. That would have had to have been an awfully big map. They also never seemed to be hot. So maybe they were taking pills that somehow kept them cool. Or some said they had air conditioning units in their uniforms. Others said they have a cooling fluid circulating in their underwear. What's known for sure is that that sunglasses style became very popular among Iraqi teens. One of the more outlandish rumors from this time was that giant scorpions, we're talking the size of a cow, 
had been bioengineered either by the aliens as a gift to Saddam Hussein or reverse engineered from alien technology by Iraqi scientists. And these giant scorpions were killing lots and lots of Americans in Fallujah. This rumor probably was the result of two separate facts. One, there was a U.S. military operation in June 2003 called Operation Desert Scorpion, which was kind of our combo of hunting down anti-coalition forces and delivering humanitarian aid. And B, in the north of Iraq, there lives a thing called a camel spider, sometimes called a wind spider or a sun spider. This is a six-inch long arachnid. They're super aggressive. They can run pretty fast for a bug. Uh, about 10 miles an hour. For years, there had been rumors that they can grow to half the size of a human. They're great predators. They eat large mammals. They even eat humans, draining them of blood before chewing on their meat and bones. In 2003, pictures began to circulate on the internet showing camel spiders to be as big as humans or even bigger. Now, this was often accomplished simply by placing the camel spider in the foreground of the picture and then standing back, much the same trick they did to make the hobbits and the dwarves look small in the Lord of the Rings movies. Uh, other photos were obviously Photoshop. Interestingly, camel spiders, while they're arachnids, are not technically spiders. And then there was one more Stargate rumor that on September 8th, 2008, about 100 kilometers south of Baghdad and right near the ruins of what many people think is the Tower of Babel in the Iraqi city of Al-Hila, which is the southern point of what's known as the Triangle of Death with Baghdad at one side and this is at the other because of all the combat and suicide bombings that happened in the area. So the rumor goes that on September 8th, 2008, 20 or maybe 21 U.S. troops from a unit of the U.S. Airborne Division died while trying to use a Stargate or something like a Stargate. They were trying to use it to travel from Iraq to CERN in Switzerland. The media reported it as a mass suicide from something called Far News Agency, which is based in Iran. But Far News Agency says the 21 tried to kill themselves in an old Iraqi airbase by taking narcotics and only five of them survived. And then those five later went missing and nobody knows where they are. Rumors circulated that witnesses who'd seen the bodies and the survivors said that they were deformed and desiccated and looked like 5,000-year-old mummies. Don't play with fire. You might get burned. More than one. It seems pretty obvious that if there's a Stargate, everybody would want to get it. But many people believe there's not just one. There are lots. So in 1976, this guy, Zechariah Sitchin, he starts writing about a hypothetical planet named Nibiru out beyond the orbit of Neptune. He says it has a long elliptical orbit that brings it into the inner solar system every 3,600 years or so. And this was all very much part of that mid-70s wave of ancient astronaut theories that people like Velikovsky and Eric von Daniken were promoting. In 1995... A woman who claimed to be an alien contactee named Nancy Leader, or maybe Leiter, she says she has a brain implant that allows her to regularly receive signals from Zeta Reticuli, where the gray aliens live. And she says that those aliens told her that Nibiru would sweep through the inner solar system in May 2003, causing the Earth to stop rotating for exactly 5.9 days, and at the end of that time period, the Earth's magnetic poles would reverse, and most life on Earth would be wiped out. 
Of course, that didn't happen. And later she said that was a, quote, white lie to, quote, fool the establishment. But it really is going to happen. They've told her she knows the exact date, but she's not going to tell anybody the actual date because she fears that if it was known, then world leaders would enact martial law, forcing people to remain in the cities, which would then increase the death toll when all of this actually does happen. Another conspiracy guy named David Mead revived this idea in 2017, supposedly by decoding clues in the Bible. First, he said it was going to happen on September 23rd, 2017. Then he changed it to October 5th. Then another guy named Terrell Cruyff said, no, no, it's November 19th. And then Mead went back and said, actually, it's going to be April 12th, 2018. I mean, April 23rd. You get the picture. Some say that there's not only more than one artificial Anunnaki stargate, but there are natural stargates on Earth as well. WikiLeaks released a story about a strange vortex in the Gulf of Aden, which is just off the southern coast of Yemen. Some say this could have been a natural magnetic vortex. Others say it could be a natural stargate. Supposedly, this vortex was noticed by American scientists as early as autumn or maybe early winter in the year 2000. Shortly after that first sighting, the U.S. established a base in Djibouti on the Horn of Africa, which is at the western edge of the Gulf of Aden, so they could observe it. The vortex stayed stable in 2008, and then it began expanding. The U.S. issued warnings about out-of-control piracy in the Gulf of Aden, making it unsafe for shipping. But this was a cover story. In 2009, another civil war broke out in Yemen, and the U.S., using their base in Djibouti, have a number of warships stationed in the area. Coincidence? Some say no. It's all about accessing or protecting that natural stargate. There's a website called Ascension Glossary, which is uh, like a wiki. It looks very much like a wiki. They list 26 such natural spots. They say 13 of them are stargates, and 13 of them are inner gates. They caution that these are not wormholes, which is the popular idea of what a stargate is. They say wormholes are made by abusing technology because eventually they become temporary black holes, whereas natural gates last forever or until the Earth is swallowed up by when the sun expands and wipes out the inner solar system in several billion years from now. They go on, they have a really, really complicated story to tell on their website, but it really makes my head hurt to read it, so I just stopped. Another website called Gaia.com claims that in 2015, NASA admitted that there are Earth portals. These are these inner gates, and they've been studying them for quite a while now using cluster probes and the Themis spacecraft. Now, the Themis spacecraft is a real thing, and it actually measures near-Earth space processes that result in the aurora as well as how the moon interacts with the sun. Of course, the Bermuda Triangle is one of these natural gates, these inner gates or Earth portals. People in a position of authority use these inner gates to travel around the world instantaneously, and they use the stargates to communicate with aliens. Also, using the stargates, humans have been secretly colonizing space for decades. Another website called unexplainable.net has a map of all the stargates on Earth, both artificial and natural. Uh, they claim that movies and TV shows are actually totally accurate, that the stargates are typically 22 feet in diameter, they weigh around 64,000 pounds, and they're made of an unknown substance. They have a series of 39 symbols carved in an inner ring, and then nine chevrons equally placed along the outer ring, just like in the movie and TV shows. 
They are placed on ley lines that network the earth, creating a crystalline web of triangle shapes. Some of the famous locations of these gates include the Great Pyramids at Giza, which are the most powerful ones in the world, Stonehenge, Easter Island. Uh, there are three in the Bermuda Triangle. That's why it's a triangle. The Pyramids at Xi'an, China, in southern Japan, in Hayumarca in Peru, in Sedona, Arizona, and there's even a collection of stones underneath Lake Michigan, which is a submerged gate. So, some people think the truth is being slowly leaked to the public through movies, TV shows, and so on to get people used to the idea that these things exist because a big day is a coming soon and it'll all be revealed anyway. Now, either this is because a disaster is looming, the aliens are going to invade, or Nibiru is going to sweep through the inner solar system and wipe out life, or because of good things, because the Stargates are going to open us up to the intergalactic community and we're about to join them. Either way, the public will need to know, so we're being softened up with quote-unquote entertainment. There's a there's a great website called We Warriors Weblog of Wondrous Wonders, and on there, the author says he noticed obvious references to these Stargates, both natural and unnatural, in a trailer for the newer Doctor Strange film. Right? It has a disoriented portal newbie popping from one place to the other in the blink of an eye. Doctor Strange uses these gates. They're round. Again, they're trying to get us used to these ideas. He also says a good portion of the film Inception is part of this softening up process, communicating the idea that even things that seem solid can be subject to space-time and mental manipulation. He also says the Netflix show Stranger Things uses portals. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, The Terminator, Doctor Who's TARDIS, and many, many more. We Warrior also says there's a private-use portal in Grand Central Station in New York City that only the elite know how to access. He also says that sometimes members of the public just accidentally find a portal and then they just vanish into them. So if you want to know more about that, you have to research mysterious disappearances. There are some in caves, there's one in the new Library of Alexandria building in Egypt, some in museums, there's one in the Kansas City Public Library, there's one at Detroit's Hart Plaza, the London Eye is a Stargate tuner, and basically anywhere you see either something natural or artificial that is round is somehow associated with these. There were also portals in the World Trade Center attacks in 2001, both at the Pentagon and at the World Trade Center. Note the planes disappear because they went into a portal. So the question is, are people taking what a few imaginative writers like Sitchin and Sala say and then mixing it with stuff that they see in movies and on TV shows? Keeping in mind that very often those movies and TV shows use the writings of the Salas and Sitchins of the world as inspiration. So are people taking this combination of things and weaving them together into a comprehensive theory of stargates and secrets? Or are these entertainments really just ways to make the truth more palatable to the public and readying us for the day that it's all revealed. Is this life imitating art or is art imitating life? Well, in the world of conspiracies, there's very often little difference between the two. Thank you for visiting The Conspiracy Clearinghouse. We're closing now, but we'll open another crate in the next episode. Until then, thank you for listening.